Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizaki. Hi again and welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm uh, Mike Kapler along with Joel Berizaki. And it's just an informal time to get together and talk about the goodness of God. Uh, Joel, uh, we want to get started here today. We're going to talk about some things and try and tie it all together here. Uh, you know, it was several years ago I had heard um, somebody say uh, in a rather legalistic document <laughs> that, that uh, you know, if you're not doing A, B, and C, if you're not doing this, if you're not doing that, if you are doing the wrong things over here, then you have fallen from grace. That's a phrase that's actually in the Bible, fallen from grace. Yeah, yeah, it gets found in in Galatians, uh, Galatians five four, and I I saw uh, I don't know if it was a TV movie or a series or something at one time was called Fall from Grace, and it was all about a person who had been living a pretty good life and was you know out there, and then they did something wrong. I don't even remember the gist of the movie because I don't think I watched the whole thing, but their fall from grace was a fall from basically doing what was right to doing what was wrong, and I think the word fall kind of uh, leads us in the wrong direction. I mean, if you think about falling, you think about falling from sin, like you've you've sinned, you've fallen into sin, because we use the phrase falling into sin. You hear that a lot in the church, and so when you hear fall, you automatically think that if someone has fallen from grace, then they've fallen into sin. But really, I think that, you know, the point that that Paul makes in Galatians 5-4 is... You've fallen from trusting God into trusting again in your own works as a, as a means of getting righteous and maintaining righteousness. Well, and we know as we read through Galatians, just like many other passages of Scripture, that Paul said a lot of things before he got to that phrase, of, you know, you have fallen from grace. He said a lot of things that led up to that uh, all through the book of Galatians, in fact. But even in that verse... He says, you who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. So it it really isn't that difficult to understand. It's just that sometimes when we hear the phrase, fallen from grace by itself, uh, we usually get the perspective of what you were just talking about. I like what you said about how, you know, Paul had kind of led up to making that point. As you've mentioned at the PASCAP, Paul didn't write in chapters. He didn't write in verses. and, And a lot of times... He spent a, a good deal of time, a good deal of writing, trying to make a point or several points, but he would lead up to it. And going back to, I guess, the end of Galatians uh, chapter 2, Paul was talking about how he had, he had uh, well, Peter had come to Antioch, and Paul had to rebuke him there because Peter was, what, what Paul said to Peter, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles, and not as the Jews. Why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature, and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. Peter himself there had kind of compromised the the true gospel, what what the gospel really meant, by trying to get other people to live by the law, and so Paul had to uh, rebuke him for that, and, he, and so he led up, he was leading up to the to the bigger point about falling from grace, falling from trusting in 
in God to trusting again in your own righteousness. You know, whenever somebody starts reading the Bible, I start getting sleepy. What does all this mean, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> well, would you like me to expound on that? <laughs> now, really. <laughs> I just want someone to tell me what it means, that's all. Um, you know, it's interesting that, that Paul did um, openly, to use a Bible word, rebuke Peter in that way. Um, because, you know, we, we see instances and circumstances sometimes in the, in the Bible where we, we, hold, we hold these people up from the Scripture into such, onto such a high pedestal. I think we forget that these were real, everyday, average men and women. Mm-hmm. And they went through their own struggles and, and their own uh, insecurities and, and imperfections. Right, and... and just like uh, just like you and I and maybe a lot of our listeners have have gone through uh, there we've gone through various stages in our Christian life where we've we've seen things one way we've gone through things and, and then lights go on and then we realize wow you know the Bible is really saying something else here God really has something else that is different uh, from what I thought I guess one point speaking practically about uh, this letter to the Galatians, they had these Galatians apparently had had trusted in Christ Jesus, and they had at one time understood that there was no way that their works, that the things that they do, could make them right with God or or could keep them right with God. And somewhere along the line, they had again started to trust in in their own works, in their own self effort. And Paul comes along and says, "You know what?" You know that's bondage. He, he even says in the beginning of Galatians five, that's a yoke of bondage. We, you know, Christ has made us free. Let's stand in this freedom. Not that we want to sin. And, and he makes the point several times that our freedom in Christ isn't meant as is a license to sin. That's not what he's talking about at all. But he says if if you're going to keep one part of the law as a means of trying to stay right with God. If you're going to trust in one ounce of your own works, then you've got to do it all. You got to keep it all right, as he says in uh, Galatians 4. You got to, you're a debtor to keep the whole law. If you're going to keep part of it, you have to keep the whole thing. If that's going to be the way that you're going to maintain your righteousness, it's true, Joel. I mean, what we what we've got here is a situation where we we uh, we tend to want to trust in what we do. You know, okay, well, here's what I don't do anymore in my Christian life. I don't drink, I don't cuss, I don't smoke, I don't, I don't do bad movies, uh, I stay away from sexual immorality, and the list goes on and on. And when we start to fall in certain areas in our life, when I say fall, when we start to uh, fall into uh, some of the past sins that were uh, a big part of our life before Christ, and when we start to have uh, give in to temptations, or it may even be something as simple as, I'm not spending enough time reading my Bible. I'm not spending enough time praying. All these different things. And we start to feel guilty. And even that alone, just just feeling guilt from those things, really is, uh, to me, it's a manifestation of not trusting in the finished work of Christ. I think that's a great point. I think that's um, one, one version of the Bible says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, or in the New King James that I've been reading from, stand therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Don't be entangled again, entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Like you say, Cap, any of these things, whether it's a huge obvious sin or whether it's something that just 
you just don't feel like you're just you're living up to it enough and you're feeling guilty or you're feeling that that you know that biblical word bondage or you're feeling bad about yourself in that maybe God isn't thinking too highly of you don't get entangled in that don't stay in that because Christ is the reason Christ came is because we can't do it we can, we can't live up to the standard and so we want to live in the freedom that Christ has given us. Someone uh, told me, or I read the other day, I think it was, that um, there are 140 verses, something like that, that talk about how the, the things that we do in the Christian life are, are done by Christ in us, the Spirit in us, God working in us, and so on and so forth, that all of these things, anything that we do in this life is a matter of, of God's power, His grace working in us, and not our own self-effort. And it, it's, I just, it's, sometimes we seem to get it the other way around. Like we, we read a part where it talks about living holy or living right, but we don't see what it says before that, that it's all because of Christ's grace, his, his working in us that enables us to do that. Well, and what you were talking about a few minutes ago, Joel, God's standard is, is different from ours because his standard was, as you said, really perfection. I mean, having to keep the whole law, not just the parts, you know, can't I just work on the top ten? Uh, we, we talk about the Ten Commandments and so forth, but over 600 laws are in the books. And if, if you break one, you're guilty of having broken all. Uh, that's God's standard. Uh, and Jesus said that. He said, you know, if you're looking to try to keep the standard, God's standard is perfection. So you must be perfect like he is. Of course, we all know that we can't do that. And this is actually the good news, even though it doesn't sound like it right away. Um, the good news is trusting in what he has already accomplished is really the key because I know what it's like, you know, especially in religious circles where we start setting our own standards. And to be honest with you, Boy, I don't know how mu- I don't know how much to say about this. I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but um, you and I are involved in, in Christian radio and contemporary Christian music radio. Some news just came out oh in the past week or two about a particular contemporary Christian music artist that uh, is going through or, or has just gotten a divorce, and that's not a good thing. You know, divorce. We know that's not a good thing. Um, it happens probably more than what we would like to see, even in Christian families. But I was looking at one radio station who had a list, and, and uh, maybe this is a good thing. You know, they're, they're look, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to lay out uh, uh, some accountability, and sometimes there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But they had set the standard for what they thought should take place in this particular uh, artist's life, um, before they would ever play their music again. Oh, really? And um, I just find that interesting that we're going to come up with a list of what we think is going to be required so that you show some remorse, and we're going to trust in some other counselors to meet with you and uh, assume that what what they tell us is, is going to decide whether we play your music or not. And, and uh, I'm giving just a brief overview secondhand here right now. I don't have the I don't have it right in front of me. And it's really not that important. Uh, but the point being that we so easily, in our religious circles, come up with our own set of standards for, for, for accepting people. And um, God set one standard, really, and his name is Jesus Christ and trusting in him. Right. And, and uh, you know, and uh, as you said, you know, divorce isn't a good thing. And a lot of the things that people can get into aren't good things in you, you do hear a lot of 
Well, I've heard a lot of Christian leaders talking about using this example of divorce that you know, they talk about how the rate of divorce is, you know, over 50% in the world, and it's the same in the church. And the thing that they never really get to is what's the answer? Uh, is the answer, you shall not be divorced? Is the answer a, a list of standards uh, that a person should walk according to? Or is the answer Jesus Christ? Is the answer the life of Christ living day in and day out in union with us, but we we tend to get away from that. We 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 just we focus on the bad things that we see people doing, and I notice that people hardly ever notice their own bad things that they're doing. <laughs> but we notice all the wrong things that people are doing, and the answer that they give is, well, you you need to change. You need to start living right. And the answer that's not the answer for for thousands of years. The law set. The law was there. The Jews knew the law. They meditated on it. They read it in their synagogues. The Bible says that it never made anybody right. It never had the power to to make anybody live right. And so Jesus Christ was needed. You know, we're um, we're not trying to diminish the importance of setting a good example, which Paul encouraged us to do throughout the New Testament. But we are encouraging you not to fall from grace. Trust in the finished work of Christ. Joel, we're out of time for this one. Okay, it's been good talking with you again, and we certainly enjoy uh, having you, uh, our, our friends, listening in on Grace Walk Radio. And if you need to get a hold of us, want to get a hold of us for any reason, you can log on to my website, graceroot.org, and we'll check again, or we'll check in with you next week. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kepler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.